the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I always enjoy this time because we have the opportunity to hear lots of different stories of how God has worked in the lives of individuals for His plans and purposes. My special guest today is Therese Fulmer. She's a staff pastor at Grace for All Nations, and Therese, welcome to Heart of the City. Well, thank you, Chuck. It's an honor to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. Well, we met uh, a few weeks ago. We were at a book signing event, a book introduction. Uh, Dr. Emmanuel Ziga, who's the senior pastor at Grace for All Nations, uh, had a very nice event up at uh, Newcastle Golf and Country Club, and had a chance to share about his new book, The Power of One. And uh, you were there, I was there, we had a chance to connect at that time, and I said, I'd love for you to join me here uh, for an interview on Heart of the City. So here you are. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Well, how long have you been uh, connected with Grace for All Nations? I've known Dr. Ziga um, in his meetings that he has held since 2002, I believe, uh, when I started attending the meetings, mm-hmm. and uh, I started just to continue to attend when he was in King Oscar in Tacoma, and then the conferences in Seattle and Bellevue area, and I uh, just felt a real strong call on my life to come into it just to hear about uh, he, the rich word that he speaks of, mm-hmm. and uh, just really brought me into the deeper ends of what God has release for us to understand by revelation. And so that drew drew me to coming more to the uh, conferences. So that's how I started to come. And I was actually at a local church in Tacoma, South Tacoma Assembly, where I was actually a pastor there as well. But uh, we felt, um, the leadership felt like I needed to transition to be under the covering of Dr. Ziga Hmm. uh, for the global call and to have it more instilled in my life uh, in prayer as well. So I transitioned about six and a half years ago into the ministry. Well, very good. Well, we're going to talk in a little bit later in the broadcast about the the ministry itself and some of the dynamics that happen, the dynamic mm-hmm. things that happen, especially in prayer uh, with uh, Grace for All Nations and the church and the fellowship that happens over there. Uh, they're having attended some of the meetings, uh, myself and some of the prayer focuses, um, I've got to say, you, you folks know how to pray, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about that, but I always like for people to share about how they came to faith, you know, because those stories are rich when it reveals the, the goodness and graciousness of God, 
And uh, I like to do these stories uh, kind of – I like to discover them as we talk. I, don't, I didn't interview before and say, what are you going to say <laughs> or any of the like that because I like to hear the story firsthand and discover it just like our listeners are right now. And so um, go back as far as your life is concerned. Uh, did you grow up around here? Are you, are you a Northwest girl? Yes, I am. Born and raised here. Uh-huh. And uh, – you know, in Burien, actually, I was born uh-huh. and living around the in the South End. Uh-huh. So, uh, what was was your life? Uh, were your family uh, part of a church? Were you a part of believers, or what was your faith life like with, as you were growing up? Well, uh, my mother went to a Catholic church, and we were in and out of the Catholic church, and we were in and out of the Christian church. So, I was getting two sides of religion, mm-hmm. and that's what I call it. It was religion. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much, but I heard of Jesus. I saw the statue of Mary and baby Jesus in the Catholic, and I heard the story of Jesus when I was a little child at six years old. So one night, uh, my mom always put me to bed, and she would always pray over me or just say goodnight and rub my back, just how mothers and you know do sure. their children. Sure. And one day I said, one night I said, Mom, I want to accept Jesus into my heart out of the blue. And she goes, okay. I said, can we pray? So she led me, or I led myself, and asked Jesus to come into my heart at six years old. And I don't, that's all I remember. And ever since then, we started going into the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't spirit-filled, mm-hmm. uh, but it was uh, just a, a gathering, a fellowship when I was a child growing up, all the way up until about I was 15. Uh, we were still going to the Catholic church where my grandmother attended, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of religion. Mm-hmm. Didn't know much. In fact, um, I was more drawn into the other side of the Christian church, so mm-hmm. that's where I really wanted to be planted. Well, there were some challenges in my life and the family's life, which we all have in our, you know, growing up. And I left home when I was 15. And unfortunately, I left the church. But I had a couple of friends around me in high school that I knew they were praying for me because I said, I'm praying for you, Therese. And I didn't know much about prayer. And I said, thank you. And and as I proceeded just to live my life, I veered away from the faith. Mm-hmm. And so I came back to the faith. I came back to being really born again uh, in 96. Interesting. So how did that happen? What what transpired in your life that, and I think there are a lot of stories like that, mm-hmm. where there are some crisis points or there's some challenges or a crisis of faith where you just, as you're maturing and growing and <laughs> living life, you realize, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> yes. Uh, I went through some terrible times going from one place to another, not knowing who I was, not knowing where I was going. I worked, and that's basically what I did. Uh, I was going towards a career. I actually was going to go um, into college for a soccer uh, scholarship, and that veered off. So I felt like God, through this process, was keeping me honed in to stay where I was going to be into my future in 96 Mm because I was going to leave state. I wanted to go into the military, to the Army, to the Air Force, just to get out of the Northwest. And it seemed like it never worked out. So, you know, I just lived life. 
and got into, of course, when we're not living the faith that was drinking and, you know, doing the little party life when we hit 21, we just explore things. And I just was tired of it. I was never a partier, but, you know, you just get into the scene because you don't have guidance. You don't have mentors, which I'm really strong and believe in that as, as believers, we need this. So, and your friends are doing it. Yes, on I mean, the back just, seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, this is what your friends are doing. They're mm-hmm. partying, and uh, yeah. if you don't have a strong conviction about it, well, no. you know. But interesting enough, when I was, I actually um, was in a couple of shelters because I left home. Well, I was actually removed out of my home because of rough thing, rough times or rough uh, areas of growing up. Um, so I was going from place to place. I was never, I never got into drugs, never got into prostitution, never got anything like this. And, but that was the hand of God in my life. And when I was even in my terrible state, I always would pray to Jesus. Always say, Lord, help me get me out of this state. I would always constantly pray. It was an act of God because I didn't know anything about prayer. But I always would cry out to Jesus, Jesus, hold me, save me, uh, take me out of this. I don't want to be like this. So, and I and I never got any teachings, never remember anything, but Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, that song. And I would always sing that to soothe my heart when I was growing up, even in my later years, right. before coming into um, uh, the church I did in 96, yeah. where I became very ill And uh, one of my friends at the time, she said, please come to church with me. And I wanted to avoid it because I tell you, Chuck, what I saw in the church, I didn't want to go into there. Mm -hmm. Religion. Mm -hmm. It was all religion. They put their nose down. And that's all I remember them doing to me, you know, because I was kind of a really active child. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I had a lot of energy. Right. So um, in that, in the... Uh, early 70s. They just didn't know what to do. So in 96, I came to South Tacoma Assembly of God. And I said, okay, fine, I'll go. So my friend took me and there was a group of people. And I came into the church. It was actually a Wednesday or they were stuffing tracts. And I was like, what is this? They're stuffing tracts. I don't even know what a tract is. Well, it's the evangelized. Well, the pastor personally came to me and said, how are you? Who are you? And, you know, very welcomed me at the time. And uh, she said, could you please come back to Sunday service? And I'm a woman of my word. And I said, sure, I will. And I'm like, Ugh, what did <laughs> I did just I, get myself why into? Why did I say that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I came in that Sunday, sat down in the, I made sure when I came into the church, I sat in the back, sat in the back in the pew. And I said, I don't want anybody to touch me. Don't talk to me. I'm making my, I'm fulfilling my co- commitment. Right. Sat in the back of the church. And the pastor at the time was preaching, and it was just like really kind of foreign language to me. But in the middle of the service, all of a sudden, I felt this power on me, came on me. Mm. And I literally grabbed the pews, took my left and right hand, and grabbed the back of the pew because I thought I was coming off it. Wow. It was the power of God. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that came in, and I had an encounter, had no idea. And later on in that service, he did an altar call. He said, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, raise your hand. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I already gave my life to Christ when I was six years old. And then at that moment, when I spoke it in my mind, thought it in my mind, he spoke it in 
in over the mic. I'm like, what is this church? He's speaking. He's reading my mind. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, I raised my hand, and it was actually, and I felt the power of God again at that time. And Did, I, Were you scared? Uh, not really. I didn't know what it was because I knew it was good, but it really kind of freaked me out a little yeah. bit because uh-huh. I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. So you know, I thought someone, you know, if you... Maybe it was drugs or something, but no one was yeah. around me. I yeah. didn't drink anything. I was just sitting there. I was just, you know. You're right. And I was just crying and weeping and weeping. And that's how I came into being really born again uh-huh. and knowing the presence of God. Yeah. And through that, um, they're Pentecostal, spirit-filled, right. uh, charismatic. So I went up there, and they were praying for me, and I'm hurting this, you know, unknown language. Right. And, I, and it kind of just like— uh, what is this? But I knew it was from God. I knew it was the whole experience was from God. And then it took off. I was very drawn to prayer. And they and we had a Monday night ladies prayer meeting in 96. And I would go every Monday and just hear it. And I and they were praying the spirit. And I just sat there and I cried out to God. I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Like mm-hmm. in Acts chapter two, it talks about because I didn't have much of a vocabulary if you know what i mean uh-huh. you know i yeah. had a i had more of a street lingo vocabulary right. with the little cuss words in between <laughs> right you know and god had to clean me up right and that's all i really knew uh but you know it's interesting uh chuck as i came into the classes they taught about it and and i prayed about it and i and i told the group i said please i just want to pray in the spirit i want to know what god says i want to pray in his his language and three weeks after I got born again, really born again, I was sitting at home all by myself, and that same power came upon me, even more intensified in my life. And I jumped out of my chair, and I started just to pray yeah. and, in a tongue, and I thought it was the devil. Yeah. And I said, I rebuke you, devil. And I heard God, like I'm hearing you, Chuck, said, do not rebuke what I have given you. This is me. Huh. This is Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit. This wow. is what you've been asking for. And from there, I got on the phone. I called my pastors. I could speak in tongues. <laughs> I could spe- uh-huh. I called everybody, and they were, I was just on fire, you know, just just wildly, you know, telling people about it, about it because I know what God has done in my life. And through there, I was just drawn to, to prayer. Every day I would pray. I would seriously take time read my Bible, and all I would do is pray in the Spirit because I didn't know how to pray in English. You know, all I would say is, Lord, I want you more. Lord, I need you more. But then I, when I began to speak in the, in the Spirit, I, I just began to have me um, desire the Word more, desire to know who He is more. So mm-hmm. that's how that started mm-hmm. in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I'll take a step here. The scripture, as as you were sharing um, your story, the, the scripture, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Mm. And it's amazing how the Lord, obviously you didn't have a totally pure heart mm-hmm. in, in the sense of that you never sinned. Mm-hmm. But yet, as you share your experience about your six-year-old girl, self yeah. saying, I want Jesus, mm-hmm. and then throughout your life, even though there are points of immaturity and sin and rebellion, yes. yet there's that sense of, I want God. Mm-hmm. 
the word says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who are seeking God. Because yes. he'll find you. Yes. He, he will find you. He'll, yes. he'll find a way. And he did, didn't he? Yes. In a powerful way. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what happened next? Well, I just started to pray, and I got connected with uh, Dr. Ziga, mm-hmm. and, and they started prayer meetings almost 12 years ago every night. It came about through a conference, and they started a prayer meeting, and I was so drawn to it. So to back up, I would attend their prayer meetings and learn so much how to pray for our government, America, how to pray for the churches, how to pray, you know, use scripture and then back it up through intercession because Paul says, always pray in the spirit mm-hmm. in, in, in every occasion. So I was just like so intrigued by it and so drawn by it. And that's how I got connected. And... Um, it's history now. We're going on 12 years in June. Yeah, well, let's talk about that yes, because I, I know there are a lot of people here in the in the Seattle area mm-hmm. that have no clue that there's a body of believers that are praying nightly. Every night. Every night, every night. for three, three hours. Three hours every night mm-hmm. from, from what, 9 to midnight? Not, 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. And it's a fellowship of believers going on that are praying and interceding for this city, and for this country. Yes, yes. Um, and it's open to the body of Christ. It's not just for one church. It's right. not just for uh, the Baptist or for the Pentecostal. Or People come from all over to come in. in. In fact, I was at the prayer meeting the other night, and we're in a hotel, and we pray nightly. And the, uh, uh, the one that works the guest services at the hotel said, Therese, is anybody invited to your prayer meetings? He's a believer as well. Mm-hmm. And I said, absolutely. But just let them know, you know, explain to them what we do. And, you know, they are more than welcome to come and sit. And a lot of them get saved. And a lot of them, a lot of them receive the power of the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. and speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. They're intrigued. They're drawn by it because it's the real deal of the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and the attendant, the guest service um, gentleman said, thank you for praying here. I feel the presence of God every time you guys pray, and it's made a difference in this hotel. He's a manager, Mm -hmm. and he's a nightly manager that he attends the uh, desk. And I said, thank you. And he said, no, thank you. Thank you for for what you guys do for the Northwest, for America, for our president, all of that. Lives are being changed. So when people come in, we pray from... uh, from the body of Christ, personal needs, people that need healing. We have healing waves. We lay hands. We call out people's names and just believe God for a supernatural act to change their lives, to save souls, and to bring revival to the Northwest and to the nations. Mm -hmm. And we pray for our president nightly, for America nightly, for the government for both parties. It's not just one. It's for both parties. Well, the, and let's talk about mm-hmm. that because this has been going on for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So you prayed for President Bush. You prayed for President Obama. Yes, sir. You're praying for President Trump. Yes, sir. It's not about being a Republican or a no, Democrat. Sir. It's about being a believer. Yes. It? And in First Timothy, it talks about, Apostle Paul said, please pray for everybody in authority. God puts people there, not man. And God charges us just to pray for them so we can walk a peaceable life. So, yes, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat. That's more to pray. It's a re- 
publicly, it's more to pray. So no matter what. Yeah. Yes, sir. So three hours. I, I can only imagine if someone's not experienced that, mm-hmm. that they're thinking, my, I mean, I can't even sit through a movie for three hours. How in the world am I going to sit through a prayer meeting? Now, having done this myself, I know how to answer that question, but how would you answer that question if you're saying, that sure seems like a long time? Uh, yes, Chuck, thank you. <laughs> it is, in the beginning, it was long, and you're, you could come and go as you want. If you want to stay there 20 minutes, then that's fine. It's a buildup, and actually, it's discipline. Uh-huh. You have to discipline yourself and focus. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, there's a book that has challenged me many, many years ago in, in a teaching, and it was uh, by a man by the name of Dick Eastman, mm-hmm. and it was, it was it's a very small book. It's still available. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, and it's called The Hour That Changes the World. Mm. And in that, you were sharing some principles earlier that there— <sighs> He breaks up an hour because Jesus said to his disciples, what, could you not pray with me for one hour? Mm -hmm. And he breaks it up into five-minute segments where he talks about word-enriched prayer Mm -hmm. and uh, intercessory prayer Mm -hmm. and prayers of thanksgiving and... And so, uh, you know, he's got actually a clock where where if if you need that a focus where mm-hmm. you're just not sitting here and say, okay, now I'm going to pray for an hour. But he he kind of gives a, a format, if you yes. will, that you yes. can sit through and have some guidance as to how to in, how to instruct yourself to pray uh, with um, with purpose. You know, and uh, again, the book is uh, the hour that changes the world. It's still in print and uh, by Dick Eastman, but. There is, uh, there is a certain power, isn't there, when you're praying the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yes, everything needs to be backed up by Scripture and everything by the Word of God. So I, uh, I like the formats, and actually I have one. What do I want to pray? You know, but if the Holy Spirit leads me and says, you're going to pray for two hours on this subject right here because there's some difficulties or they need deliverance or they need an intervention of healing. And that's that's a good thing but just to be led by the holy spirit to hear him and go with it and pray the word for the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal but they're mighty through god by pulling down the strongholds in second corinthians 10 and so when we're dealing with that we're dealing with a lot of warfare but we need to use the scripture to back up and say i pull down the strongholds according to your word god and we release you know the word it is written you know, in Job chapter 22 and verse 28 says, a decree a thing and it shall be established. So we're decreeing and making legislative authority uh, by the word of God to be released or to be established. And we could see the manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. Always back it up with the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Yes. And so there's passion in that prayer, too, isn't there? Yes. I mean, you know, you came from a, a, a background where in, in Catholicism there was a, a liturgy that occurred, and, and you, um, you saw that. And in some ways that was a foundation for you in the sense of you understood uh, that the, the importance of prayer. But yet uh, when you really are, are, are focused, there is a passion to it, mm. isn't it? There is a physical passion <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when, you're, when you're really striving for the things of the Lord. Yes, yes. Passion, driven by passion, passion from the presence of God through prayer. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has come to the prayer meetings, they say, 
we have passion. Yeah. We want to see God's will to be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that takes passion, driven passion. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've got about two minutes left, but yes, uh, share with me if someone wants to uh, be involved with mm-hmm. with a, a prayer focus or learn more, what do they do? How do they get in touch with you? Well, um, you could go onto the website at www.gfanmi.org. Or they could call the office and uh, connect with it, at, or they could come to our church, which Grace for All Nations is a different, separate, it's a, it's a covering, and there's a church bird out of it, which is Sunshine Christian Church. Mm-hmm. And um, they could get more information as well on the website. So are you always meeting in this, on, on the weeknight prayer meetings, on the, on the daily prayer meetings? Are you always meeting at the same location, or is it different locations? It's different locations. Uh-huh. So, yes, they would have to call the um, church office. Right, yes. to be able to find yes. out more about yes. it. Well, we've got about a minute left, and uh, we've been speaking with Therese Fulmer. She's a staff pastor at Grace for All Nations. And, Therese, uh, just, just share one more thought about the, the importance of prayer and, uh, and uh, what, uh, what people need to realize. Prayer is real. Prayer changes things. And God needs a vessel to pray his perfect will. So I encourage you to stay connected with your prayer life and don't give, don't give up. Don't be weary and well-doing. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. Thank you, Therese. Thank you, Chuck. God bless. listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word call Chuck Olmstead 206-269-6216 or go to the word Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.